Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is the APC Podcast, Green Bay Packers Talk from SB Nation and Vox Media. We are back. Training camp is upon us. Zach Rapport here dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Follow the show on Twitter at the APC Pod. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. I don't know. What do they say on YouTube YouTube videos? I don't know. I've, I've lost my gusto because, full disclosure, Alex and I have just spent the last hour troubleshooting uh, an issue uh, wherein he cannot hear all the fun, stupid, and totally annoying sound effects that, uh, that I have labored over. So uh, that's kind of throwing my vibe. But Alex, at Alex Padakis on Twitter, joining me from across the sea. We're actually video chatting so we can look deep into each other's eyes. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I hear you, and that's what counts. Yeah. Um, at least, at least can we're you, together. Can you hear any of the noises happening here? Because I can all the bullshit. A- I can hear it. So I'm like the it's like Michigan J Frog or something. Like it only <laughs> happens to me. But uh, nonetheless, nice. yeah, yeah. Here we are in the in the last ten minutes. You got an angry voicemail that was not for you. That was work related. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's always a good thing when they start rambling and then you realize they're talking to someone named Joan who lives in Pennsylvania. Um, So that's nice. And uh, yeah. um, Do you think Joan had it coming? Did you listen to the uh, content there? Based on based on the voicemail, Joan is either like on vacation and totally forgot to like tell this person that she's gone. Uh Oh, or she's just straight up ghosting this guy after he paid like a hefty amount of money for a very large project. So. Joan sounds like a bitch. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> do we have to bleep that out? I don't know. We don't really bleep things out here. Uh, I don't know. No one knows what I do. Um, I don't true. advertise that on Twitter, right? That's I don't true. Know. But, I mean, you know, if your name is Joan and you're a Packers fan and you're, you happen to work in a... Never mind. Let's not. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, ahead on the show, uh, we're going to give our takes on uh, guys who can make the most impact this year. We will open up the old listener mailbag, but first, with training camp upon us, I thought we'd do uh, our first sort of inaugural for this season, if you will, uh, notable nuggets here. Sort of uh, little little note nugs coming out of the first couple handful of training camp practices, um, and I don't have the training camp sounder, so I'm just going to play the primetime music in the background, training camp is underway jerseys are on guys are you know stretching and stuff one-on-ones installs drills additional buzzwords packers training camp is here so let's run down a few uh, quick storylines and and give some takes um alex uh with uh the snap count as an indication we are hearing reports that uh, none other than you know who is uh, being given every opportunity to claim that number two 
tight end spot. I am, of course, talking about Big Bob Tanyan. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, I'm excited, but there's no way in hell I'm as excited as you are because uh, we talked about this last week, and I cannot believe that you didn't single him out as your guy um, that you're most looking forward to like seeing make that rise this year. So, um, yeah, I think it makes total sense for him to kind of step up into that role. He's seen some game action, valuable reps, um, and he's just, for, for one reason or another, I don't know if it's just because of his name or because he came absolutely out of nowhere, he's super likable. So I'm always, I'm always down to root for a guy like that. Plus, um, if he could be a little bit more complete than Jimmy Graham, then by all means, like let's work out some packages to get him on the field. Yeah, I know that uh, fans are uh, probably really excited about Jay Sternberger, but I know it takes a year or two, sometimes three really, for a tight end to, to make that transition from the uh, college ranks to the pro game. So in the meantime, uh, there is sort of a void there. I mean, you've got Mercedes Lewis. you got people who are good at one or two specific things, a lot of veteran experience, but um, but there's definitely uh, snaps to be uh, to be claimed. And uh, I, as we know, big, big uh, Bob Tanyan fan. Actually, on the uh, on our Twitter account at the APC pod, we ran a uh, poll yesterday uh, as we were trying to figure out an official sound drop. So we had we had the people vote on whether or not they thought Bob Tanyan was more like uh, more like a horse, more like a train or more like (laughs) a lumberjack and uh, lumberjack far and away. I think it might have had something to do with uh, a meme that uh, Matub worked up maybe last year. Um, so maybe some people were predisposed to that image in their head, but Lumberjack ran away with it. So I did create uh, a sounder for that. But it feels like it's not the right time because you can't hear it. And there's no like, you know, there's no reaction to it. So it's almost like a little tease here for anyone out there listening. And I, I guess we're just not going to play it today. I'm kind of sad. Oh, wow. I, I assumed when you brought him up that you had already played it and I was going to have to try to just go along with it. Just but like chuckle I'm... like you heard it. Oh, oh, oh that's great. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Um, Content. I'm, uh, I'm, ex- I'm glad that I did not miss the unveiling. This is a fun little teaser. And by all means, I'm sure next week for absolutely no reason, this will work. Unlike today, <laughs> uh, where there's simply no explanation for why I cannot hear certain things, but can hear you crystal clear. So, um, yeah, that's, anyway. That's just the way technology works. Let's move on uh, to our next note nug coming out of training camp. Heading into camp, I think most people pegged fullback Danny Vitale as a kind of a roster bubble guy. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you may remember, essentially did away with the fullback position in the last couple of years in Green Bay, but early indications are that the uh, the muscle man, that's what they call him, because dude is like really rocked up, uh, has been all over the place, heavily featured, catching passes, and I, for one, am excited about the prospect of like almost a bonus skill position player. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I think we mock fullbacks a lot, um, but fullbacks have also been, I feel like, a big part of um, our history in terms of like being a Green Bay Packers fan in, in recent decades. Um, you know, like I, there's, there's a lot of memorable moments of, of John Kuhn like being important and making big plays. There's uh, some recent bad memories of Aaron Ripkowski. But, you know, beyond John Kuhn, like the William Henderson days, like those are some really fun days. Fond like, memories. F- fullback for one reason or another, maybe, you know, with the Mike Holmgren West Coast offense, like, um, those little like dump passes out in the flat to them off the play action like that. It's always been a big thing. So in modern day football, it seems like it's kind of outdated, 
But um, I also think that this is a this, this is an offense now that's going to kind of like rededicate itself a little bit to the run game. And if you look at the offensive coordinator who came in, who you know Nathaniel Hackett, who's coming in from Jacksonville, he knows no other way <laughs> than to kind of. Um, you know, incorporate some power running schemes because that's the only thing you can do when Blake Bortles is your quarterback, but you have running backs like Leonard Fournette. So uh, I'm all for there being a smattering of that in Green Bay, along with some of the wide open kind of high flying things you can do when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Yeah. And you said that the fullback was outdated. I think that the traditional fullback, the traditional fullback body type is, is outdated, but, um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think that there is room for sort of this bonus skill position player. If you've got a guy who is essentially a running back, is really big, can catch the ball, it's essentially a bonus uh, skill position player. And I think that um, I think that uh, people in that sort of uh, McVeigh Shanahan tree uh, are the people to figure out how to use a player like that. So I'm excited. Yeah, and bonus skill position players uh, oftentimes also mean uh, bonus um, special teams players. And when you're talking body types and you're talking about uh, guys who just by na- like by their stature can block, hit, run through walls, that kind of stuff, uh, it seems like he would be someone that could fit that bill as well, where they're perhaps a little bit more expendable than running backs and receivers who you want the ball in their hands Um uh, you know, as much as possible. He seems like the kind of guy who would actually run through a wall if you bet him that he that he couldn't do it. But <laughs> uh, yeah. mo- moving on, you know, uh, we have all wondered, I think, how much of Aaron Rodgers we are going to see in the preseason now that the Packers are sort of ironing out a new a new offense. This is a new situation for Aaron Rodgers and for us as as fans heading into the preseason. But based on comments from Coach Matt Lafleur, it sounds like if they're satisfied with the work that Rodgers gets during um, during the team's upcoming joint practices against Houston, we may not actually see him in the preseason opener at all. And some fans are really, really champing at the bit to sort of see Rodgers in this offense. But personally, I've got that Ted Thompson, like, wrap him in bubble wrap mentality. What about you? Um, yes. I uh, Given his age, given recent injuries, I have that mentality as well. Um, I think we'll see him some. He took seven snaps, I believe, last preseason. In an offense that he was uh, very, very familiar with, and I understand it's a new offense, but um, you, you just don't, you just don't risk it. That's kind of like standard operating procedure. We're used to not seeing him in the preseason anymore. I'm more than happy to wait until after Labor Day to get my uh, Aaron Rodgers fix. Moving on to our next nugget, Montrevious Adams is uh, being heralded as a much improved player uh, by both his teammates and coaches uh i don't know alex if you heard um defensive coordinator mike Patton give a, a press conference a few days ago where, where he came out and said you know when when i first got here i did not think very highly of montrevious adams and i let him know that and i challenged him to get better and uh, he said that he was really impressed um he i, I do know that adams is uh, one of our favorite draft guru justice mosqueda was not very high on him as well um, I saw Aaron Nagler uh, tweet that he does see improvement. He's there watching training camp as well. But he also noted that Adams sort of still ends up on his butt more often than you'd like. Obviously, with uh, the departure of Daniels, Adams is someone that I guess they're counting on. Alex, what do you make of the training camp hype that Montrevious Adams is generating? 
Yeah, I mean, there's just a huge amount of opportunity for him. So I want to buy into it and believe that, um, you know, there's something real there and that he can end up being a big time contributor for this team because there still is just a gaping hole left uh, by the departure of of Mike Daniels, um, even though they may argue that they're they're deep enough there with with the guys that they have. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a shock that when you show up in like far better shape and arguably the best shape of your uh playing career that um you start to perform better i believe i read um in rob domofsky's piece on uh espn uh espn wisconsin about uh, about adams that he was playing at like 315 or something and now he's under 300 pounds um so maybe he's a guy who's just better suited to play at a little bit lighter weight and also i think that also gives off the indication that uh and nobody used this word and and this is actually something i'm quoting like from the article that Domofsky said nobody used the L word, but it's hard, kind of hard not to go there in terms of like laziness. Sometimes it takes a little while for guys to have the want to or to realize that they can't skate by. Um, yeah, that pay- paychecks whatever, are fleeting like, if you're not going to pull your weight, you know? Yeah, I mean, like you start realizing like, oh, wait, like my rookie contract could be my last contract, you know? Like that's a, that's a very real thing. Maybe I ought to kind of take control of my own career and, and do something to change that. So... I'm really hoping that he's uh, at the very least like a solid um, contributor uh, to this to this defense because uh, I'm still a little concerned about the departure of Daniels, which, by the way, uh, since we last podcasted, he joined a division rival, um, which I think is worth noting because I think, um, you know, we, we talked about how sometimes it's hard for, for people to leave Green Bay with a good taste in their mouth. And um, Daniels mentioned that there were 16 teams, so half the NFL, uh, calling him. And his cap number this year is almost what the Packers didn't want to pay him, allegedly, if this was a money-saving move. So I really wonder, um, you know, we were saying like, oh, you know, maybe some teams may want Mike Daniels on a one-year $2 million deal. Like, no, the the Lions are willing to take him on a one-year seven and change that could escalate to, I think, $8 million deal, which was the $8 million remaining on his contract in Green Bay. I'm not... I will willingly eat crow there because we talked about it last week and I said he's probably going to get four and a half, five if if the Packers and seemingly no one else is willing to pay him the eight to 10. Uh, I was wrong. And he's he's right in that range. And I think that... um, I don't have a super sour taste in my mouth about it, but it still concerns me a little because again, if he's make, if he would make, you know, seven to eight million dollars on sixteen other teams, um, and now he's making that amount of money on a team where he's gonna have an opportunity to hit Aaron Rodgers twice a year, which by the way, I don't know if the Lions were the highest bidder. Mike Daniels has said himself that he wor- is now working with a genius in Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. which I think is just him kind of like trying to pump himself up about his new team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe he went to Detroit for the money. Maybe he went to Detroit in like a Farvian kind of way and that he wants to stick it to the Packers. Like, I, you know what? <laughs> I almost feel like I'd rather pay $8 million of the peace of mind of him not uh, being the reason Aaron Rodgers is like out for six games or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I just had to get that in there because uh, I, I wasn't trying to like throw it in your face that, or anything like that. Cause I wasn't really, ar- I, I agreed with you. I didn't think he was going to get that money elsewhere, but you know, the, the market dictates what a guy's value is. And it seems like his value is exactly what he was slated to make with the Packers. So you that's don't kind need of to uh, apologize to me as my dad used to tell me I'm open to being wrong. So <laughs> that's a, a life lesson I learned early. So happy to it's eat. The point of, of being a Packers fan podcast. I mean, We're overall, 
That's yeah. true. Overall, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm happy for Mike Daniels maximizing his income. I like Mike Daniels a lot, and I wish him success. Just not against the Packers. All right, yeah. moving on. Last little note nug here. Um, much has been made of defensive back Josh Jones uh, has been in and out of the uh, Green Bay Newswire for various reasons. Would he even show up to camp? Okay, he did. So where do we play him? Has he earned it? He seems. Uh, he seemed to have fallen in line with sort of that whatever helps the team mentality that had him taking reps with the linebackers. But just today, as we record this on uh, Wednesday, July 31st, uh, he was yanked from pre- the practice field um, after a scuffle with a teammate. And then uh, Lafleur never let him back on the field, uh, as far as I know. Um, Lafleur was not happy with him. Alex, I'll get straight to it. Is Josh Jones on this roster opening day? Ooh, um, I have to be honest. I hope so. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about the depth at safety a little bit. I'm concerned about the depth slash versatility of the guys that we would now uh, call inside linebackers. And Josh Jones, I think, is certainly one of those, as he has been lining up at linebacker in some nickel packages, as we had hoped that he would do uh, upon his arrival in Green Bay. So my hope is that he is. Um, it seems like, based on some of the quotes uh, coming from him, uh, coming into training camp, that it, it was almost able to put this kind of messy offseason behind him where you know he was maybe being shopped and trying to orchestrate his way out of Green Bay. Um, I, this, is a, this is an incident that definitely doesn't uh, put you on a coach's good side. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I'm never going to sour on a guy fully for playing through the whistle coming off of what has been described by many as like one of the worst practices that the Packers have had where you're now trying to pep everybody up. Um, and you know, if, if Trey Carson is going to try to make a statement coming off of a bad practice for the offense in particular, uh, on Tuesday by trying to run through you and you're a physical guy and you're not going to stand for that. Okay. Like, you know what, that, that happens, you know, um, there's fights in training camp all the time. So, um, if, if he's not on the team, uh, the, 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 what happened today is, is going to be far down on my list of reasons that he isn't, but I think it is for the betterment of the team. Uh, if he ends up being able to put all this behind him and be a solid contributor because they still really need a guy like him, I think on passing downs who brings some physicality could take on a block. Um, but also can, you know, move in space a little bit. So, um, I, uh, I'm rooting for him. I, I agree, and I think that that is why they've given him so many chances. There's been a handful of uh, players uh, over the last few years who haven't gotten as many chances or, you know, uh, there's some uh, some discontent in the locker room or, or on display on the field, and then they're gone within, you know, a couple weeks to a month, and that hasn't happened with Josh Jones. And, and, um, and they know inside the building better than we do, but th- there has to be a number of reasons for that. And, and as you alluded to, Alex, I think that – uh, depth at a variety of positions is is probably a big reason for that. He is a, a versatile guy. Um, yeah, I hope he I hope he he sticks around. Um, that's it for the for the note nugs coming out of training camp. Other guys, I guess, to sort of keep your eyes on, uh, keep your ears perked up for um, at least as far as what I've seen uh, coming uh, from the people who are actually there watching the training camp practices. Cole Madison has been impressing people uh, in in his first. Uh, camp after taking that his rookie year hiatus and uh, quarterback Kadar Holman uh, as well turning some heads 
So um, depth is actually looking pretty good uh, at the corner position. And Coleman is a guy who, or Holman, sorry, is a, a six-round pick that I think a lot of people were just like, eh, it's a, it's a gamble. And in the sixth round, um, that is certainly true. But he's, he's turning some heads, so we'll see when the pads come on. Yeah. All right, moving on and continuing our theme of training camp. Um, you know, it, training camp's all about guys, guys stepping up and filling vacuums, you know, making a name for themselves. So Alex, I thought, you know, we could talk about which player stepping up into a bigger role, um, and playing better this year would benefit the team the most. You know, we talked about Montrevious Adams just now, uh, we listed a couple other players kind of shining in training camp, but, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's make it, let's make it take worthy which which one of these these Packers players stepping up whether it's a second year leap whether it's um, you know they're new to the team stepping up and filling a void uh, uh, accepting a bigger role producing for this team which one of those players doing that would benefit the team the most who do you got Alex um, yeah so in an effort to not just be too uh, repetitive with what we were talking about or with the guy I was talking about last week uh, in uh MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, who I heard made a nice uh, play today as well against Jair Alexander, catching a touchdown in practice. Because um, I am really excited about the opportunity he has, and I think having a true number two across from Devontae will open up so much for this offense. But again, kind of labored about that last week. Um, I, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, and I, I, a guy who I think it's been more about health than it has been performance, but... I would love to see Kevin King hope you know hopefully play 16 games um not have lingering shoulder problems and emerge into a corner that I think we all were really excited about him becoming um and that is a larger in stature physical guy that can you know jam guys off the ball like off the line of scrimmage and contribute in run support when needed. Jai Alexander is 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 definitely more than willing to do that himself. Um, but you know, you look behind them uh, on on the depth chart, and you know, Tremont Williams. Yeah, he's a great veteran to have. He's going to play mostly uh, in the slot as a slot corner. Josh Jackson was a guy we expected to create a ton of turnovers, and yes, he's very early on in his career, but. Um, Jair Alexander, to me, feels like a guy who's finally just going to be like a number one corner, hopefully, for years to come. And there's still a question mark, I think, beyond that for everyone. So I really hope that Kevin King, given the investment in him and what his potential feels like it can be, um, emerges into that guy this year. And to compound that, um, I would say that that will also um, ease some of my, uh, my worries about uh, the safety position, which is kind of why earlier on the show I was mentioning I really want Josh Jones to be good, even if he is more of a linebacker than he is a safety, because um, there's a lot of question marks there. You know, there's there's uh, there's a big free agent signing in in Adrian Amos, but um, I'm I want Darnell Savage, very exciting player. Raven Green, still kind of unproven. Natrell Jamerson, right? Like, I mean, these are these are not household names. So um, sometimes you don't need household names when you have a couple really good cornerbacks, as the uh, 2010 uh, championship-winning Packers could could you know probably attest to. Yeah, they had Nick Collins, but uh, was it Charlie Pepra who started opposite <laughs> of him? Right, I think it might have been. I think it might have been Charlie Pepra, but you also had, you know, uh, 
Charles Woodson and Tremont Williams in his prime is not a bad duo um, to have cover up a lot of the holes in your uh, in your secondary. So my memory uh, of those Kevin teams, my, guy. my memory of the players on those defenses uh, in, like in 2010 was just that it was uh, Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, and then a bunch of Frank Zombos. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of Frank Zombos. <laughs> just like a just like a Madden game, you just put Frank Zombo at. The nine other positions, but no, I think yeah. that's well said. I don't, I don't disagree. And, 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 um, hopefully fingers crossed, you know, the reports right now that we're hearing out of training camp is that Kevin King is playing really, really well. He is of course healthy. That is of course unusual for him in the grand scheme of things. I don't think that's unfair to say. Um, hopefully he can, he can remain healthy because uh, a healthy Kevin King, as we're hearing now in camp is, uh, is a really, really good player. Um, I would like to to nominate my wild card in our pre pre uh, podcast meeting. You were surprised to find out I was not going with Montrevious Adams. Instead, I'm going on the other side of the ball, and it's Billy Turner. Oh, um, I thought you were know, going Big Bob. Another no, surprise. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I should just change it now. Go Big Bob, and then I can play the sounder. No, I'm going <laughs> to wait for you to be able to hear it. Maybe Ben will be back too uh, for that. No, Billy Turner. Um, was part of that wave of free agency that that included Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Adrian Amos, as you just mentioned. So I think comparatively, he kind of got lost in sort of the news undertow. And, and, you know, people saw the move and they thought like, OK, decent move. They need a lineman. I guess he seems fine. I like his hair. But, oh, Preston Smith. Let's talk about, you know, let's <laughs> talk about Zadarius Smith. Um, but, you know what? He's plugged. Or plugged in right away uh, at the starting right guard slot, and Aaron Rodgers has praised him in in the media, and and all of this is to say, let me just tell you, speaking as a fan who had to watch Aaron Rodgers play on a broken leg behind Byron Bell last <laughs> season, I, I just think that this is a sneaky important development that will hopefully allow Matt Lafleur's offense. Uh, to flourish a, a, as soon as possible, and and so Billy Turner is my guy, and I, I would also say um, the people behind him. You know, it, it's great to see Cole Madison stepping in and, and getting praise at training camp. And there's a couple. There's a lot of linemen actually. <laughs> I was looking at the roster; tons of names I don't recognize. Uh, some of which I forgot were on the team. There's a lot of guys to choose from, and I feel like there's more depth now uh, than there was last season. So I'm I'm optimistic, and I feel like. Protecting Aaron Rodgers, it really doesn't get much more important than that in terms of stepping into a role to help the team. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. And and not to mention, you know, interior offensive line, which for so long was such a strength for this team, uh, has been a little bit of a rotating door. Yeah. And oh, by the way, that's super important in the run game that you hope to establish to, to build some balance because people are expecting some really big things out of Aaron Jones this year. So, um yeah, when you when you said Billy Turner, that's definitely not where I thought you were going, but um, makes a lot of sense. I'm a wild card. <laughs> Give right. some love to the guys who rarely make the headlines. You know, I, I like that. I also just I like I like the vibes of certain players. It's one of the things I loved about Mike Dan. I'm you know I'm the nerd who's like watching the interviews. I'm just like I like this guy. I like this guy as a person. Yeah. I, like his, I like his funny glasses. More of this guy. <laughs> but uh, nice. we will uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to reach into the listener mailbag and answer some of your burning queries. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, listener mailbag time. We are back and we are dipping into the Twitter inbox. At the APC pod is where you can find us on Twitter. You should follow us there for the general hijinks that we put out content-wise. We're also, I've never, I don't don't advertise this often, but I'm going to try to do this more. We're on Instagram for literally no reason. We have no reason to be there, but we are, and occasionally we post stupid things, and maybe you should follow us there. It's a total vanity thing at the APC podcast. Pod there as well. You can also email the show, theapcpodcast at gmail.com. All of these questions coming in from Twitter. Alex, are you ready to roll? Ready to rock. Let's do it. All right. Our first question comes from uh, Mr. Wayne, who wants to know, do we keep seven wide receivers, or do you think they keep four running backs, or do we keep three quarterbacks again? I think four running backs is the way to go. What do you say? There's actually a lot to unpack there. What do you got? Um, yeah, I, uh, if I had to vote on, on the, the way the roster goes, and it is a little hard to do this before they played a preseason game, we're still a week out from that. Um, there's plenty of time for guys to shine and, and change people's minds. But, um, if I had to guess, I would say three running backs with a fullback. So if we're counting the fullback as part of that position group four running backs total, yeah. um, but I think in counting, um, a fullback as part of the running back group, I, I would still say that that leaves room for seven wide receivers on the team. If um, Jamon Moore and Trevor Davis both go out of there and Jay Kumro for that matter, will go but like out of their way to prove that they're worthy of a, uh, of a roster spot. But um, I'd be fine with two quarterbacks. I mean, I, I just feel like there's not necessarily a reason. Um, Although you could argue, uh, given Aaron Rodgers' recent injury history, that that's not the case. Um, but to have three, no, there's too many unknowns and like the, uh, you know, second team, third team guys at a lot of skill positions. So I'd rather have the volume there to let one of those somebody emerge. Yeah, I agree with that. And we actually had a lot of questions come in about the the wide receivers. Um, Joe at work um, tweeting in that it looks like the wide receivers are Adams, Allison, MVS, and EQ between Davis, Moore, and Kumaro, who makes a team. So I want to put that to you because you, you just sort of rattled them all off. And uh, you said seven wide receivers. Is that actually, what's that? Is that eight? Yeah, Adams, Allison, MVS, 
EQ, that's four. And then we've got the three more, Davis, Moore, and Kumaro. So his question and a few other people who wrote in as well, assuming we're not going to keep seven. So you yeah. think you think that it is feasible to keep seven if all three of them show out. If they don't, let's say they keep six. Let's say they yeah. only keep, well, only. Let's say they only keep six wide receivers. It's actually yeah, a, lot. It's still, um, still a lot. Davis, Moore, and Kumaro are your bubble guys. Who do you want? I mean, I want... If if Kumaro has another preseason like he had last year, and I get that it's preseason, um, it at some point like when a guy makes a play against a team that's not your own and it's not practice and it's live, um, you have to feel like that could translate. So like I I want to say that Kumaro like should have a roster spot. I also have this really, really weird thing where I just can't fully let go of the idea of Trevor Davis. Like I, I he's pissed me off so many times. The Packers are right there with you. <laughs> Otherwise, he he's done. Be here. I know. Like he's done some incredibly. I don't want to. Stupid is mean, but just like kind of just like really head scratching things. As a return man, which should be his specialty and, and should be fact, the reason the, he's on a roster. It is the only reason that he's still uh, hanging out on this roster. And, and I want to interrupt you there to talk a little bit about Trevor Davis, because he's been a bubble player his entire time in in Green Bay. And the Packers are just like at this point, they're just begging for anyone else to be decent at returning the football. They can't, They got no one. They can't find anyone. <laughs> yeah. So Davis still has a job. And I think that we're going to see some snaps um throughout training camp and going through the preseason giving people a chance to to take that job from him as a return specialist and that would make uh, brian gutekunst's decision a lot easier but um it doesn't sound like that person is on the roster and so like where do you go you need someone who can return yeah so that being said i think more is the guy that goes if they're keeping six Uh, unless he just does Unless he performs really well, and then maybe Kumaro is gone. But again, let's um, say more comes out with that second year leap, and suddenly yeah. he's on fire because he clearly has talent. There's a reason that he was drafted uh, where he was, but uh, I think that he's clearly the th- third place of these three right now. Yeah, well, Jamal Moore, uh, Jake Kumaro, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from the receivers because I still think like. Almost every receiver on the team, other than Devontae Adams, has something to prove. I've got a question for you. Um, I think Steve is doing some trolling of you when he says he'd love to hear more about LaFleur's ankle and its relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, there's a lot of communication, constant communication both ways. Aaron Rodgers is talking to Matt LaFleur's uh, ankle every single day, you know, on the practice field, in the meeting room. Uh, just constant communication. So I, I, you know, it's a work in progress every day, you know, they learn to trust each other. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think it's going to be a work in progress, but I, I'm optimistic. <laughs> All right. I'll give you a real question. That one was from Steve <laughs> Bruin. Uh, good sense of humor clearly was paying attention last week when you, uh, mentioned how annoyed you were with a lot less question. foot questions, uh, put to Lafleur in the press conferences so far this week. I will say that. Uh, yeah, it's healing. Um, it's finally getting over it. Um, I like this one. This is a forward-thinking question from uh, our buddy Joe at work. He says, with five inside linebackers getting $13 million plus per year this offseason alone. Is that true? Is um, it five? Can we officially start the fail- farewell tour for Blake Martinez? So um, what's your thought on that? Blake Martinez is entering the final year of his contract. He's set to be an unrestricted free agent. 
at the conclusion of this league year. Um, what do you think about that one? I kind of like looking down the road. I think it's, hmm, you know, it's really going to depend on what the market is for Blake Martinez. I think that maybe that seems like self-evident to say, but but he's really like the kind of player who is solid, has improved every year. I would say he's a good player. He's a good, not great player. Um, he certainly uh, has moments of greatness, I think, that are benefited by, uh, that he benefits from other players doing their job, maybe taking up double teams. Mike Daniels uh, did a bunch of that. Um, Alex should be curious to see um, how the the new look defensive line impacts um, Blake Martinez's productivity. But this is a really rambling answer. I don't have a great answer for you. It, yeah. it really well, is going to – he's one of those players where it's just, you know, maybe other teams are interested in him and, and maybe they're not. And he also seems like the kind of guy who uh, – he, I don't know. He strikes me as the kind of guy who, like, maybe he'd take a team-friendly deal. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's so tough to say. What do you think? Yeah, um, I like this question for uh, a number of reasons. Um, you can give a good answer now because my answer sucked. No, it's it's <laughs> I the I, the reason I like it is because it's a very difficult answer, and there is no answer because, as you mentioned, you want him to do well. He's in a contract year. If Blake Martinez performs really well, there's a good chance he can price himself out <laughs> like of Green Bay because, and I understand we're under a new regime, um, but inside linebacker in what feels like my almost my lifetime as a Packer fan, uh, certainly my adult life as a Packers fan, is a position they do not want to invest a lot in. They do not invest a lot of draft capital there. They don't invest a lot of money there. If he plays really well, um, he could price himself out, or as you mentioned, maybe take a still team friendly, but still clearly uh, a very um, a much more lucrative deal for him. He's finally making over a million dollars this year in the final year of his uh, four year rookie deal. I think he's like his cap hits like two million or something like that. So compared to other inside linebackers in the league, as you look at the money that's being thrown around now, that's like really bargain basement um, for guys who aren't like you know for guys who would be starters yeah. per se in your base defense. Uh, Bobby Wagner, I think has a cap hit of like 15 mil CJ Mosley, Alec Ogletree, Luke Keekley. These are all guys who are making like double figures in terms of their uh, cap value for their teams at a position that really, unless you're great like that is really expendable. But the flip side of it, again, why there's no great answer. Um, as you mentioned, and we're right to point out his success depends a lot on people around him. His 2017, where all of a sudden, I feel like for three straight weeks, our note nugs were like, wait, is Blake Martinez great all of a sudden? <laughs> was also at a time that Mike Daniels was like peak powers, just totally unblockable. Eating and they double had teams. this young kid named Kenny Clark, who was alongside him, yeah. who was also impressing us as a rookie. And we were like, wait a second, these guys are amazing. But the easy correlation is just that very rarely did guys like get to the second level to block Blake Martinez. So there could be some regression this year. And if that happens, right, and it's the total opposite of him performing great, then as an unrestricted free agent, it's like, okay, see you later. Like, we'll draft someone else in the fourth, fifth round and, and bring them in here. Um, so I, it really depends. Uh, I could see it being his last year for either of those reasons. And if he just performs somewhere perfectly in the middle, like, then then maybe he can stay in Green Bay. Like we want him to be good, but not too good. Yeah, just. Uh, 
I sit at my desk. It looks like I'm working, but I'm really not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oren Burks, I think, factors in too, right? It's like, true. It's true. Like, I, I mean, he's a guy that seems like, um, in terms of the athleticism category, like his draft profile coming in could have brought a little more to the table. Like, I want to see him play more this year, and I want to see him maybe force Blake Martinez out. Like, I want to see Martinez succeed, but... I think what they have behind Martinez obviously plays a role too. It's just yeah. worth mentioning. Sorry. Uh, no, Oren Burks is a really interesting uh, point to bring up because he's a name who we wanted to see more from. And, 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 and I listen intently to comments from, uh, from Lafleur and from uh, Mike Patton about Burks. I think people are, are curious and it's, it's a lot of faint praise. You know, he's got potential. Right. He's got all the smarts. He's got to be more consistent. You know, it's, so it, it, it's interesting. Um, it'll, it will be interesting to, to see uh, if he can make sort of a, a second-year jump, and, and that will uh, play into the, the Blake Marci- Martinez decision. Moving on, I want to give a shout-out to Nolan Murphy, who uh, I saw you, Alex, interacting with this tweet a little bit, but for the benefit yeah. of our listeners, Nolan writes in, uh, is our week one kicker on the roster? If no, then list some potential options. <laughs> no one seems to have an anti-Mason Crosby uh, agenda. Crosby going on Gate. Right now. No one's um, the founding member of Crosby Gate. So by I also uh, I read that um, it it doesn't really seem like uh, Sam Ficken, who's been given this opportunity uh, to compete with Mason Crosby, is uh, really taking it and running with it. Um, now Nolan mentioned in our interaction, he mentions the money that there could be like cheaper options out there. Like Crosby, I think is due like three point six million dollars or something like that. Just keep them. I'm totally, and it's not my money. I understand that, so I, I'm a little more, I guess, uh, willing to pay it. But um, if I were a general manager, three point six million dollars for a guy who has performed in huge moments, who aside from a pretty terrible game last year was really good uh every other game uh 3.6 million dollars to not have to worry about it or think about it worth it to me like i don't even want to like every time the packers have been like uh maybe it's time to move on from crosby or he goes through a funk and we explore the alternative options yeah nolan asks, what has that brought some us? potential options there are there what are those potential options they're not they're, oh, only there are none. it's it's only brought us uh, memorable Mike McCarthy quotes, right? By just not Sergio knowing the name of, of, of his own player. Um, <laughs> it's really the only thing it has brought us. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not super over the moon about that one. Um, okay, so uh, uh, my go, my go. Uh, ben Saylor asks, uh, what should we expect from Josh Jones? I think we've talked a lot about that. So maybe we could ask the second part of his question uh, as he's got a, a two-part question which flips to the other side of the ball. Uh, which running backs do you predict, admittedly it is too soon, uh, will land on the final roster? Yeah, this is a really interesting question because um, I think that the run game is going to be featured heavily and backs are going to be used in, in passing situations as well. So you're going to need a lot of bodies. I mean, you need a lot of bodies anyway. So obviously you've, you, you've got uh, Aaron Jones, super talented. You've got Jamal Williams, uh, he he's a lock, also very solid. Uh, it's sounding like Danny Vitale is going to be basically a, a lock at a running back ish position. So, um, but is there an additional guy? Who's the guy that they they just signed? Who's like fast as all get out? Uh, yes, that is uh, Corey Grant. Corey right? Grant. I think actually, um, 
if he can show that he he just coming off of a Liz Frank injury, I believe, if he can show that he hasn't uh, lost much of a step, uh, I think that that he would be a, an interesting guy to keep as as that sort of third true uh, running back because his sp- speed is like off the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, well, there's also um, they also drafted Dexter Williams. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, Dexter Williams, the Notre Dame kid. Yeah. Um, okay, so now this also- actually gets a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I thought uh, I think it's interesting, right? Because Dexter Williams, what was he like, sixth round? Yeah, sixth round pick. That to me, if um, if Corey Grant like gives you some glimpses that he's healthy and brings something to the roster, like that's a little different than Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Uh, Dexter Williams, like easy practice squad stash, right? <laughs> like, Unless he's off the charts in the preseason and somebody sees him as a 53-man guy somewhere else in the league. I don't know that he is an easy practice squad. I guess uh, we need to, that's, we need to consult an expert on that. Cause like, there's a lot of, it seems like we're moving towards running backs are just kind of floating out there. You can pick one up off the street and they're going to do you pretty good. And I, and, and so if they, if they were to cut him, uh, would someone else see that as an opportunity to just sort of, oh, we need that extra guy and we have the room? Um, I don't know if it's an easy stash on the, on the practice squad. Even if it was low draft capital, um, maybe he shows out uh, in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, and he, and, uh, he pointed out in, in asking the question, um, Ben, that it is a little too soon um, because I think a lot of it depends on that, on, on, on the preseason performance, because again, like, uh, you know, these guys are playing for their, for their jobs. They want to perform as good as possible, but too good for Dexter Williams might not be good <laughs> because uh, then he would be hard to kind of hide away for a year while they, you know, let a veteran like Corey Grant um, see what he can do. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting, but uh, Jones and Williams, you know, I'm cool with that duo. They're like best buds. Let's hope we don't have to reach uh, that deep into the uh, running back bag at any point this year for significant reps. Yeah, agreed. As we close out our mailbag here, one last question from Jared Van Dyke. Starting O-line seems locked. Uh, who are the likely backups besides Jenkins? Jenkins, of course, the the rookie coming in. Um, we mentioned Cole Madison earlier. He's showing out at camp. That's an, a name to keep an eye on, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um he also, again, practice squad eligible since he missed all of last season. Uh, he's basically coming in as a uh, as a rookie or a redshirt freshman. Um, I guess uh, uh, Jason Spriggs, who's just like, how bad has he been when he's been on the field? You know, he made he made improvements him. last year, I think, but I don't feel great about him either. I kind of shudder a little bit. I don't feel great about him as a backup tackle. Well, I guess Justin McCray would probably be backup in the interior, right? Lucas that was going to be my vote. Yeah, was um, uh, Justin McCray, like Justin McCray, Lucas Patrick, um, unless Cole Madison could earn the roster spot. Who's the other guy? Uh, you know, there's a well, there's there's a there's Alex Light. Alex Light's a Packer. Right? Alex Light is still there as a sort of swing, a tackle guard. Um, okay, so maybe Alex Light. Um, a name. Say, click there's on, also yeah. a, there's also a guy named Yash Nyman who I don't know if Wes Hodkowitz just likes to say his name, but he name drops that guy a lot. He's very impressed with him. So that's What's someone. His name? Ke- his name is Yash Nyman. Yash. Yash Nyman. 
Is that the fun part of the name, or is the Nyman the fun part of the name? It's like it's all, it's all fun. It's okay. all fun. I mean, it's, it's oh yeah, it could be both. I guess it doesn't <laughs> have to be restricted to just a fun first name. There's also Gerhard de Beer. It's you know the more you peel back, there's like there's there's names here we recognize from last year. There's people making a name for themselves who are new. Uh, this is a really hard question. I don't know that we have a great answer. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about uh, the first team offensive line. That's like more offensive line talk than than we're qualified for. Go asking us to talk about the backups. Oh man, that's a, that's a tough ask. Um, Why are, are we going to do the all name the show, team? Guys? By the way, what's that? We got to do that at some point. We got to do the all name team at some point, right? Because we still got some really cool names. Yeah, we got uh, Gerhard De Beer is definitely going to be on there. Although there's no Greer Martinis, that would have been a nice uh, pairing the two of them, Beer and Martini. Yeah. I'll but, take uh, De Beer, and he'll have the Martini. Yeah, um, Savage. I love the idea of Savage being on the back of a jersey personally. Oh yeah, yeah, that's great. Especially the position. If your name is Savage, but you're, you know, like a quarterback or kicker or something, not as cool. Um, Savage as a safety, pretty badass. Yeah. We've got a, a tight end currently on the roster named Pharaoh. That's pretty awesome. Like Thoros? No, Pharaoh. Fer- yeah, like, uh, like oh, like the grain. Yeah. Like the ancient grain. It's supposed to be really good for you, <laughs> although very carb heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I read it's good for also. longevity. I'm trying to live long, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to do as many podcasts as possible. Oh, speaking of which, I think we ought to. I think that's uh, probably a wrap on this. Uh, the 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 coaster is coming to a creaking halt. Uh, if you're playing the outro music, I can't hear it. So you got to <laughs> lead the way. <laughs> no, that that is probably my cue though to play the polka, which I will do now. There's the polka. You can just bob on camera there back and forth. Looks like you can hear the music, but you can't. Uh, any closing words here as we get deeper into the training camp, Alex? Preseason starts next freaking week. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to see football. My uh, my appetite is growing. Um, pads are popping. I think that's the only thing that you missed in your, when we were talking training pads, camp. Oh, no, pads no, are popping? You, you threw out like all the different phrases about training camp, but I was waiting for the pads are popping. I love that. <sighs> well, the pads will be popping uh, soon here as the Packers get ready to do a joint practice with the Texans, followed by a preseason game with them. And uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna look like football. It's gonna smell like football. Is it actually football? Eh, the jury's out. But uh, we're gonna learn some stuff. Certainly, uh, we might have a podcast before then. Uh, we will keep you posted. Maybe next time, Alex will be able to hear the polka that I am listening to, bobbing up and down in my chair. Feels good. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm so sorry you can't get this experience, Alex. I know. I'm very Thanks. jealous right now. I'm dancing anyway, All even the without the even without the tunes. All right. Well, that's our cue to go. All right, guys. At the APC Pod on Twitter. Keep it locked in. AcmePackingCompany.com for all things Green Bay Packers. Uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are found. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys very soon. See you later. See you.